In 2010, a crap, I mean crack, podcasting unit was sent to Ford Open Prison by a kangaroo court for a podcast they did not commit. They promptly escaped to the London Underground. Today, still wanted by whatever coalition government is in power that week, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem and you can find them, you can hire the Staggering Stories team. You notice that I've contained myself and yeah. there was a suitable mm, gap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I forgot the tune. <laughs> and then I remembered it. Bienvenue, Wilkemann, and hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. And welcome, welcome, welcome to this another offering from Staggering Stories. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I am an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the real Keith. <laughs> you saw him visibly wilt. <laughs> he knows I love him. My wife, ladies and gentlemen. My wife. Mm. Love you. Love oh. you too. Fluffy squeezies. Fluffy squeezies. Oh, no. It's been bad enough coming up here on the car with us bum every five minutes. I was sitting in the front, he was sitting in the back. How was that possible? Every time you made him get in the car first so you could slap his bum, that's sexual harassment. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> quite enjoyed being the Anyway. Back. <laughs> back at the plot. Back at, back yeah, at the podcast. <clears throat> anyway, energetically swimming towards the egg of information, it's the news with El Presidente. Once again, the right-wing reactionary newspaper has attacked Doctor Who, <gasps> this time for the scene where Amy Pond kisses the Doctor. Well, hey, mm. Doctor Who fans have accused the corporation of cynically trying to sex up the programme to attract more adult viewers. Dozens have complained about an overtly sexual scene <laughs> in last Saturday's episode, which saw the Time Lord being propositioned by his new assistant, Amy Pond, Karen Gillian's character was shown lying seductively <laughs> on a bed before lunging at the doctor, trying to undress him against the TARDIS and kissing him. <laughs> she then joked about how long... <laughs> how long it had been since the 907-year-old Time Lord, played by 27-year-old Matt Smith, last had sex, and claimed she didn't mind if they had a one-night stand. Afterwards, the trailer for a forthcoming episode to be screened on Saturday revealed the plot centres around a group of young women vampires who were scantily dressed in low-cut night dresses. Do you want to lie down after saying that? <laughs> a BBC spokesman confirmed it had received 43 complaints, saying... Millions of Doctor Who fans watched and enjoyed last Saturday's episode, <sighs> including the light-hearted and humorous scene in which Amy kissed the Doctor. <laughs> See, we went looking for the Daily Mail the day after, didn't yeah. we? And we yeah. couldn't, couldn't find, find it. Couldn't find Probably because it was Sunday and we should have been looking for the mail on Sunday well, and it just didn't occur. I have to say, if they think they were low-cut dresses, <laughs> yeah. what do they think a polo neck is Because yeah. they weren't exactly cleavage. No, 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 no. Yeah, but as I was saying to real Keith, I mean, it was done in the best tradition of hammer horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this billowing low-cut nightdress. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was less than hammer 
Hammer because if it was Hammer Horror, there would be bodices there to push up and mm. out. Yeah, but true. apart well, yeah. from the trailer, what did we think of Amy's fumblings ah, with the doctor? Was hysterical. <laughs> I thought he fought her off admirably. admirably. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> man, idiot! <laughs> <laughs> it's the way his legs were going as he was yeah. trying to pull his braces back <laughs> up. Sheer panic. There was a suitable level of embarrassment on, yeah. on yeah. the doctor's mm. part. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like that. If you compare it to the Graham Norton complaint yeah. list, which was the, the thousands w- of them, Ooh, yeah, really six thousand, sure. six thousand mm. people complained. And forty-three yeah, didn't compared like a to, snog. Compared to forty-three. <laughs> I like the way they say Doctor Who fans complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. I bet they were. I suppose, I suppose that's <laughs> technically <laughs> correct if 43 fans did, then that's... But we don't know they? they're 43 fans. No, we th- I think mm. it was 43 journalists working on the mail. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could be those 43 people that sit there watching TV waiting uh, to be uh, insulted uh, or yeah. you know, White House Brigade. Yeah. That's the one. They didn't even see it. You didn't see it. on the back no, these oh. people who complain well, didn't even see it. No, they've just been told about like it. Like that um, sax thing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that was nothing until everyone was told that they had to be outraged by it. Not to be morally outraged, yes. Any more news? Uh, Well, we have, what is it, Uh, the Time of the Angels final viewing figures. The final viewing figures are in, and there's another massive time shift to add on to the overnight figures. Boring stuff to come. (laughs) The final (laughs) consolidated viewing figures, including those for people who recorded the show to watch later, are in for Doctor Who's Time of the Angels. And it's fantastic news yet again. Can I ask how they know that people recorded it to watch it later? Mm, big brother. Mm. It, it's the same viewing board or whatever they normally use, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think... They have I think a sample. They, yeah, they take a sample and find out who's actually watched it and who actually... They take a take sample. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a sample of people who's actually watched it and who's videotaping it. And then stinging. add a load of mathematical equations. And the Barb figures show that a... Barb? Ma- I don't know, Bob. but it's in caps. Stop asking questions, woman! Right! So I, I actually may have pronounced. Oh, bitch fight! I actually may have pronounced that wrong. It's meant to be the Bob figures <laughs> showing that a massive 8.59 million. Sorry, we didn't quite catch that. Sorry, the Bob. <laughs> so that's just, that's just blown people's uh, eardrums out. Yeah. There's. <laughs> There was an extra 1.81 million over and above the overnight figures and time shifts that are big and very, very rare. That's Eight big point... are very, very rare. Yeah. <laughs> Just let him read the next sentence. <laughs> oh, we're, we're losing Jean. <laughs> what does this all mean? Why? <laughs> That, that big R that's, very, very <laughs> that's what it's got there. Oh, so, time shifts. Oh, time shifts that big are very, very rare. Yes. Sorry, I th- oh. sorry. That's yeah. what it says there. I, I think you and I were in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 8.13 million watched. <laughs> Will you stop that? 8.13 million watched on the BBC. Uh, point of order. Oh, yeah. If it's Bob, it's got to be BBC. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that, that's more dignified. Than the BBC. Yes, but they've written it in capitals, <laughs> therefore they are shouting. All right. 8.1 million watched on the BBC. The on is not capitals. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long night to go. Oh, <laughs> do you want to do this before 11 o'clock? Listeners, you can tell that we're really interested in this, can't you? <laughs> 8.13 million watched on <laughs> BBC with a further 460 
thousand watching on BBC HD. Full stop. This actually makes it the most watched Matt Smith episode since his debut on the 11th hour. Why didn't you just say that in the first place? <laughs> I'm just really. Please, someone read the next bit. <laughs> Is them who quibbled? Planet did of the quibble? Like... quibble. I didn't quibble. Did you no. quibble? We didn't quibble. They did. Your voice got higher then. It did. <laughs> Our president has gone very red. <laughs> You're planets, just the time. planets. I'm sorry. Planet. Yeah, planet of the apes. Apparently, planets of the apes. I'm assuming that should be planet of the apes. Is rebooting. Rebooting. Again. Twentieth <laughs> Century Fox is re- reimagining. <laughs> Is remaking reimagining. Where do they make these words up for? Twentieth Century Fox is reimagining. Reimagining. <laughs> oh, Bushism. Oh, Let's go die. Let's go die. Let's My go. fellow Shall members. Shall I say the words first and then? Twentieth Century Fox is reimagining. <laughs> Gene's having a crisis. Gene's having a crisis. <laughs> Oh, so what, you read the words around it and I'll say the hard word. <laughs> <laughs> Developed by Avatar to create CGI stimulants. This is not the election count. We've got to get it done in something less than six hours. Come on then, you read the first few words. 20th Century Fox is in reimagining mode again with Planet of the Apes. The? New film <laughs> is going to be very different indeed. Not least because, for the first time, the apes will be created... Digitally. Instead of by using makeups and... Prosthetics. Fox has announced that Rise of the Apes will be released on the 24th of June, 2011. 2011. The Lord of the Rings visual effects house, Weta Digital, employing some of the groundbreaking technology... <laughs> Technologies developed for Avatar to create CGI simians. Apes. CGI apes. The story is loosely based on the full film of the original franchise, franchise. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which concerned the beginnings of a revolt by intelligent apes, apes against human beings in the near future. future. <laughs> you read that very well. It's got some additional oh, news. Our frontiers, our frontiers. I actually like that Planet of the Apes story. Yeah, it's a shame they're going to kill it. About CGI apes. I'm yeah. not sure. You will never be Mr. Dowling's. Yeah. I, I know they mm. did um, King Kong, the, the ape, and that looked very good. Yeah. But yeah. That was a big ape. That Rodney was. McDowell is the only ape that there ever was. Or yeah. even Roddy McDowell. Roddy, Roddy McDowell, McDowell <laughs> even. What about Lassie? She wasn't an ape, she okay. was a dog. Addendums? Addendums. 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 Crawley Borough Council, in its wisdom, has elected a Doctor Who fan <laughs> to the Bewbush Ward. So I'd like to say ah. a big shout-out to Michael Jones. Hello, who, Michael. Who Hello, interviewed. Michael Jones. And also to Alan Butcher, who's... Hello, Alan he's Butcher. Just, he's just a bit odd. But, <laughs> but he's quite nice, and he introduced said Michael Jones to Staggering Stories. Mm-hmm. So, respect. 
Alan. Big up. <laughs> We've got thumbs up here. You mm. can't see them, but yeah, the thumbs, thumbs, up. thumbs up. Where? Oh, and a certain hey. fake Keith all, all uh, rubbed shoulders with um, a certain. I interviewed Patrick Stewart, and he was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's still gushing. It's quite disgusting. He shook my hand and he gazed into my eyes and answered my questions. The trouble is, you haven't washed that hand. I know it's beginning to reek a bit. Can I add, <laughs> listeners, that she is sitting there with a dewy-eyed puppy dog look, <laughs> like her voice suggests? <laughs> shiny lovely. head. <laughs> he did not have a shiny head. He had perfect features. Was he wearing clothes? He was wearing clothes, unfortunately. But not in her imagination. No. But my editor would not allow me to use the, the sentence, yes, said the most sexy man to have ever walked the earth. I am happy to be in Crawley. And what was he doing in Crawley? He was campaigning for Labour. Excuse me. <laughs> he lost we it. will have no political expressions on this well, programme well, while I'm here. You Let me leave the room first. We're, we're, no, we're, we're, having, we're not having anything to do with reality in here. Yeah. <laughs> you Tory bastard. <laughs> Labour scum. <laughs> Children. Children. Monster raving loonies. Ah. Yay! Jesus, we're in trouble. She works for Greenwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was none standing when Greenwich, so I'm oh. safe. Civil rights for undead. Yeah. Any other yeah. addendums? That would appear to be the end of the news. <laughs> Do you know what we haven't Thank done? heavens for that. <laughs> we haven't said hello to the head of Pertwee. Hello, head of Pertwee. And he's got a friend. Oh, a friend. Okay. And the other caller. Yes. Wearing a ridiculous hat. Fez. 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 A fez. Well, like I said, a ridiculous hat. El Presidente has a life-size cardboard cutout of Karen Gillan. Mm. So let's all say hello to the life-size cardboard cutout of Karen Gillan. Hello, cardboard Amy. Hello, cardboard Amy. Okay, let's all say hello, cardboard Amy. And for those for those of you who want to see what cardboard Amy looks like, go to the Staggering Stories website or Adam's personal website where he's got some interesting photographs. Uh, it's the stains. Mm. One question, is it wiped clean? <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping so. <laughs> How do you know? Don't <laughs> let him talk about that. Right. <laughs> As Saturday evenings are wont to do, to do they what? attract us back to Doctor Who. <laughs> on BBC One, then on BBC Two, Two on Sunday when it's repeated. That was quite good for Spare of the <laughs> Good but wrong. It's not on BBC Shut Two. face. <laughs> Why let the facts get in the way of a damn good poem? <laughs> what did we watch this week? I've forgotten. The second half of Time. Angels. Yeah, so it's uh, Stone and Blood. Flesh and Flesh Stone. And stone. Flesh, and stone. Flesh and Stone. Why do I listen to you? <laughs> Because you love me? I do. Oh. The one where they oh. all die. Oh, no. Huggy no. squeezy. So we I'm watched the second... Sick. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the second part of the Stone Angels jobby thingy. Yes. Which was called either Flesh and Stone, no, no. Stone and Blood, or... Fle- flesh and Stone. Flesh and Stone. Something or other. <laughs> they know. They, he's got the laptop. So I'm the non-Doctor Who fan. It's Flesh and Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what did we think? El Presidente. I'm disappointed. They had the reprise of last week's yeah. Yeah. with the big scene of him shooting the mm, globe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no Graham Norton. <laughs> so I knew something was missing. Yeah. It's just not the same without that little dancing No, effect. the little jiggling dancing. Charlating his hips at you. Yeah. 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 I thought that was deliberate. <laughs> so unfortunately we were correct. It was just a corny, let's all jump and beat the gravity yeah. Yeah. trick. Well, but yeah. what else would it Point be? Fair yeah. enough, I suppose. So it wasn't actually a cliffhanger. It was just a story continuation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it was just a handy point to finish it. Depends how smart you were. We're smart. (laughs) (laughs) smart. I think in this episode, Karen Gillan had the right to go to the union and really bitch... Why? Why? Have you ever tried walking around your house with your eyes shut? <laughs> it's really scary. Let alone when you're surrounded by. And if you live with Keith. here <laughs> 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 in the room. <laughs> Let alone when you're surrounded by cameras, wires, bints dressed up as angels. It must have Tree been. Trunks. It must have been mm, really yes, yeah. difficult to film. Considering she's only a few stories in, I think she had the right to go and have <laughs> a real bitch to the union. What have they done? to her so far they've chucked her in a way, into a whale's mouth full of vomit and stuff mm, yeah. Yeah. they've made her have a boyfriend called Rory <laughs> Rory this annoys me because we had a dog called Rory and it's all I can think when I look at him <laughs> okay. so good old boy's own adventure name though is Rory Rory Flashheart <laughs> yeah it's well, something the, you this, know this Haven holiday camp on the Isle of Wight me and my friends used to go to the, the mascot was a tiger called Rory so. yes oh, that's quite clever actually Rory Rory he's a tiger yeah. and he roars mind you used to come to this horrible song going it's cabaret time even cabaret time <laughs> and now he's dead mm. <laughs> yes because he went out with a shotgun and made sure <laughs> oh, anyway but yeah she's had a hard time Rit. Yeah. yeah it was a damn good story though oh, mm-hmm. and she's got an angel inside her as well yeah a bit blatant with the old uh, red riding hood thing the yes lost in the forest, forest. Oh, with a right. red riding yeah. hood costume on yes. yeah. yeah but you know I didn't understand I don't understand the red jumper she wears skirts that quite frankly could be belts and then they envelop her in this all-encompassing red jumper tell me about it I looked at that thought yeah okay she's got legs up to her armpits but then if you're gonna sort of like dress her up one way you don't dress her down the other kind of stuff Mm. she's like middle-aged woman from the neck to the waist and then Doctor Who assistant from the waist down. <laughs> it was the first one they filmed. Maybe they hadn't quite got her look. The look on it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I could have told them without even seeing it that that wasn't her look. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. The jumper was far. You could have still had the red jumper, but not you know, have it as a fitted jumper or something. Mm. Not as a sweatch jumper. It's the kind Room of thing you wear. Yeah. Yeah. Jumper. It's a style with wings. This is a Doctor Who podcast. That was or not a fashion bat- podcast. Well, I, I think. I think that was not a bat wing jumper. You complained about the jumper last time. That's only because you couldn't see her knockers. Yeah. Exactly. Fortunately, anyway, in Venice, she's only good. Back to the plot. What was the plot? Damned if I know, I was looking at the angels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're being chased by angels. They were. They yes. were. And they've um, jumped up in, jumped up onto the ship and the disappeared up a chimney, effectively. Yeah, onto one yeah, of the corners. It's kind of an escape hatch. Mm, with, yes. one yeah. of, with one of the first two really good scenes, I thought, from mm. this one, where the doctor's got to turn the lights out. 
and they fire consistently mm, yeah. to actually oh, get, to the light. get the light. And you've got this like strobe effect yeah. of the yeah, angels. I thought that was a wonderful face, effect. Yes. Very good, yeah. Yes. They hadn't done much of that in the first episode. They hadn't really done no, the, the fact that rapid they could, changing yeah. angels. And then we have this countdown starting. Amy oh, yeah. saying random numbers. Well, really annoyingly, yeah. I don't know why, as soon as she said ten, I thought it was a countdown. I, yes, same here. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even wait for her to get to nine before acting smug. But no, it was really well done. And by the time she got to five, it was positively spooky. But yeah. I thought you started to feel frightened for her. Well, I think she wasn't it, really counting. Well, was, it, wasn't really conscious of it. Of it so she was going to you know, chat, 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 five, you know, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 yeah. four. It wasn't until she got to five that mm. she realised something was wrong. I was just going to yeah. say, it was, it was how she did it was well done. And, and she actually put it in it to was, the speech. She didn't mm, break yeah. her flow mm. of speech. It was it literally, I'm talking five. Then I, yeah. It yeah. just dropped in. Mm. Or in some cases, supplanting words. Yeah. 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 So another thing I did find rather spooky about the angels was there a the spokes thing for the, for the oh, one with, with Bob. Angel Bob. Bob. Angel yes. Bob. Bob. Yes. I mean, so with all due respect, sir, so the angels are mocking you. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also so yeah, very, very yeah. deferential. It was, yeah. it was Bob's personality. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. But you know, speaking naturally, and also I thought the uh, the bishop. The guy who played mm. the bishop was very good. Octavian. Oh, that Octavian. scene yes. where he's, he's got, got the, the fr- you know, mm. sort of yeah. like, you know, you are seeing me yeah, at my, my best. best. Yeah. It was very Mr. Jefferson from um, um, Impossible Planet, Planet Satan, Satan Pit, Pit. Yeah. Yeah. where he basically sacrificed himself to save the rest. It was all very stiff upper lip. Yeah. Mm. And whilst I find the, the angels quite spooky, I did at one point start to think, having so many of them, they were losing their menace. The scene with the, the gunfire was quite good. But the thing that freaked me out most about them was actually seeing them move. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, when the heads turned. They yeah. realised they'd been take, made made mm. fools of. Hang about, she can't actually see so, us. The yeah. way they did it, the speed at which they did it, and the fact you, you kind of know these are stone, mm. I thought that was ever so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. I do question why they still look like stone. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Sorry, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I thought they only turned to stone yeah, when people looked only, at them. The only stone when you looked at them. We don't know what they look like when they're I not stone. I kind of stone. assumed oh, they look I more see. fleshy. I yeah. see. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're meant to be quantum locked when you look at them. So their state is different. So they could mm. be liquid. They could be liquid. They could, well, be, could be flesh. Perhaps they yes. just really weren't sure. So they thought, okay, we'll have a look and see if, <laughs> see if she's taking the piss. And if well, she's not, we'll quickly stay still. That's the whole point for me, turned its head around. Yeah. For mm. me, <laughs> I love that scene. Mm. Brilliant. But it good. didn't work for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they're quantum locked. They're, they're stuck. Why yeah. would they slowly turn? They're meant to be moving at the blink of an eye. They do, yeah. Normally, so, so why take the slow turn? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was exactly. a good scene, well, but it didn't just, fit with the overall. I think it's yeah. just dawning realization that she was stumbling around. It just mm. didn't quite mm. work. There are a couple of problems with the angels compared to how we've seen them before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The other major problem is before they couldn't look at each other. That's yeah, how they're yes. trapped at the yeah. end of. But now Blink. they, they but now can. they've got no problem looking at each other. Yeah. Perhaps they... that was just um, though the ones on Earth were obviously uh, stranded there. So perhaps mm. that was just something that had developed with them over time. Well, that's what I said. The, the four that were stranded on Earth. I mean, they were scavengers. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas um, yeah, thought, yeah, the ones in the maze of the dead. They, I mean, but I, I, I'm, I have to admit, I'm here with Adam. I did get the feeling from the first one, the whole thing, the history with them, because the Doctor knew they couldn't look at each other. Yeah. So he would only know that 
if he knew the angels, he wouldn't know that these four there yeah. couldn't do that until he'd interacted mm. with them. So I think they can't look at each. I think this is something that one of these handily pot devices that's forget- yeah. forgotten yeah. at I mean, a certain point. Yeah. That, Perhaps that, a different strain of angels, yeah, like maybe. it's meeting a human, mm. saying, right, all, all humans have to wear glasses, <laughs> and then obviously yeah. other ones don't. Yeah. It, it has maybe, the, maybe. The, the mythology for the angels has been tweaked since the first time they yeah. appeared. Because yeah. the first time they appeared, they were the humane killers they send yeah. you back into time and let you yeah. age to this time mm. they just now, rip your throat now out. we've been told they are they're yeah. the most mm. evil thing you're liable Scourge to make scourge of the universe yeah. Kind of yeah, stuff. And why did they kill Octavian like they did I, because they had they no could. reason to kill yeah, that, that, that was I think a mark of contempt maybe on their side perhaps the overall plan because they're trying to get the doctor angry enough yeah. mm-hmm. to sacrifice himself as a complex space time event and close down the crack and they, they'd already done the um, frightening Amy just yeah. because they could to yeah, make him they're, they're angry counting so and do, they'd do the same with this, uh, yeah. this priest and at the cliffhanger it, you had uh, River said they're trying to make him angry mm. but mm. they weren't initially aware mm. of the crack until they got on board the yeah. ship but they were trying to make the doctor angry before, before they the got on board the ship yeah. Yeah. because it's only when they got on board the ship did they then get drawn to the energy that was there from the crack yeah. I assume they got him angry to make him smarter to make him get into the mm. ship and they'd follow him in one thing yeah. I did notice about the crack in time was I mean it wasn't in proportion this time I mean it was well I would say all encompassing yeah, yeah whereas in it's previous episodes it's been in proportion to its surroundings mm. from, from the impression I, I was given the crack when we first saw it was small mm. well it's a crack in aim as well yeah. but no no in this episode it was a mm. small crack in the ceiling of the bridge alright oh, and, and then grew. it grew yeah. to encompass yeah. virtually half the forest I was going to say why did it grow yeah. what caused it was it the mm. fact that the angels were attempting to feed off of it because they are uh, yeah. uh, temple beings temple yeah. beings they feed yeah. off of time and it just grew too much for them maybe because it wasn't always wall size because when it no. appeared mm. on the side of the whale ship it mm, must that's have been right, yeah, bloody point. huge yeah, but it, on the side of the disc I think, wall, yeah. Yeah. I think it's proportioned to the mm. size of the wall that it appeared yeah. on but yeah. this time it, it, you it definitely got the idea that it grew yeah. and it came after them for want mm. of a better word mm. one of my favourite moments which I thought was ever so sweet was when he's abandoned them all in the forest he's going to run off the doctor's going to run off and do his thing yeah. and he's patted Amy on the head so later <laughs> pond and yeah. she's sitting there obviously terrified he always calls her pond um, yeah uh, sort of twisting her fingers together because mm. she's that frightened and he just comes and holds her hand and calms her down and tells her everything will be alright I thought it was very sweet mm. I mm. went oh <laughs> <laughs> you big son I know, I know. <laughs> talking, talking of pond one of the things I did like about that is the fact that her perceptions have now changed. Because she's travelled in time, she remembered the two guards that mm. got oh, sucked into the, the first one. Oh. Yeah. Well, nobody else did. Because she's now a time traveller, her perceptions are different. I'm not mm. sure that that is it. Really? I got the feeling he kind of made that up to placate her mind. I think it's more because that crack has been in her bedroom mm, since she was a child. And yeah. she's connected to that crack in some type. I mm. just got the feeling that was a bit of... I've got to give an answer. I'm talking off the top of my head. Oh, it's because... Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I, I get the feeling the reason she she still remembered them when everyone else didn't is because mm. she's so closely connected to it and she mm. has lived with that crack in the wall for so long. 
she's looking at me. Can we turn around and face the <laughs> She's not. She's or lusting can, after Adam. Or can mm. we put another hat on her? She looks stupid. Put the Sherlock Holmes hat on The deer stalker. Amy is now going to take off her fez and is now going to wear a deer stalker. I'm taking off the fez. Oh, God, she's nearly as tall as you. The thing is, it's a red fez, so it matches the jumper. Yeah, that's a song by Steely Dan, though, is the fez. It's a riding hat. Mind the clock! Clank crunch. Oh, she's got a bit of a strap there. Tuck her strap away. What the heck is balancing on the clock? I don't think it's going to fit. It's work. Oh, ah, hey. <laughs> that looks even more stupid. Like she's got a tit on her head now. Okay, podcast. Sorry, yes. podcast. Back at the plot. What did everyone think at the end, where um, River Song's handcuffed up? Kinky. Well, I love the line. Handcuffs, me and you, must it always end? Because ironically, it will do. Well, I think we're going to see her again this season. Oh, yeah, oh, she said goodbye yeah. to Amy. Mm-hmm. She obviously, yeah. it was the, yeah, well, right, see you later. The, uh, yeah. Pandorica, isn't the Pandorica, yeah. yeah, the opening of the Pandorica, so she's definitely going to be back later. Who did she kill? That's Hint the question. I mean, it's, it's too obvious for it to be him. Yes. It really is too obvious. Yeah. I think it's got to be Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> she said, a very good man, the best man I've known. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Best yeah. man. Yeah. Ah. Does that phrase mean anything to so, anybody? <laughs> yeah, because... Oh, the there's a wedding, a wedding coming up. Because you, you yeah, get... Yeah, but who would be the best man? Ah. The master. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe mm. somebody is the best man to the doctor and her. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe we're reading far too much. Too much probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably never know. She takes the delight in speaking but cryptically. So yeah. The second time best man has been used in a rather odd mm. sense. Eleventh mm. hour, mm-hmm. he calls Jeff his best man. Yes. Oh, he did, didn't yes. he? Yeah, that was a bit. Which seemed a bit odd at the time. Yeah. And this seems odd again. Mm. And also, there's another mention of the the pond yeah. duck pond mm, yeah mm. so all that scoffing that uh, we had that was nothing <laughs> on, on yeah. the commentary <laughs> yeah one one thing i did like with river songs character is this is a younger river song yeah. than the one mm. we've seen it's in the library because obviously that one's yeah. about yeah. to die yeah. Yeah. in hand and although she <laughs> knows the doctor the character them herself actually river song herself is much much younger and is at the beginning of her development so to speak mm. And I do like the River Song in the library was very self-assured. This one was cocksured. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much that kind of, you know, can I trust you? Oh, it's it's fun if you try kind of style. There's there's a playfulness and naivety there, but you well, still get the feeling it's to be drawn out, but this is a younger yeah. person. Well, the whole expelling herself from an airlock, just assuming he'll be there because yeah. told him to be. You know. I'm sorry, but that always reminds me of the Heart of Gold scene that it does. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fact that she didn't play River song the same as in no. the live no mm. she was different an earlier a, form yeah, a, a of the more, same person more of a cockshaw <laughs> yeah I wouldn't say arrogant but a bit more of an well, adventurer very, yeah, very yeah. sure of herself very yeah. sure of herself yeah mm. oh mind you speaking of ponds and statues and such um, was it last weekend? I went down to my local garden centre to pick up some uh, plants for my hanging baskets. Right. And the thing is, they you have rock and roll. Aren't you? <laughs> the thing is, they have a very large statuary in there. <laughs> so I mean, as I was walking through it, I was, talk- I was saying to myself, "Don't blink, don't turn around." <laughs> what if- and there's and fake don't look away. Going, for Christ's sake! <laughs> <laughs> and do they have a statue of an angel? 
Um, I'm sure that... oh, someone's got to bring out a three-foot angel with his hair eyes covered in the garden. At, um, when we did the uh, SFX weekend, someone that? was <laughs> selling small angel statues. Okay. Now you just got to have a three-foot one. Some... So four of them all face each other with their hands yeah. covered in their eyes. Who yeah. <laughs> feel we had somebody dressed up as one? Yes, <laughs> she was very good. Yeah. <laughs> so on the on the whole, what did everyone think of the um, the second part and the story altogether? Bloody good. Yeah, no. Yeah, overall, very good the one, story's yes. held up. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, the number two, I think, for me, dropped slightly, but it doesn't spoil the overall enjoyment of both episodes. Yeah, I, I thought the two worked well together. Yeah. Sometimes the second party, you sit there going, yeah, yeah, ooh. Yeah, sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's a completely different story, but this yeah. one maintained the menace, the mm. tension. It kept and, the edge of tension going, yeah, very much definitely. so. Yeah. And I think very much around Amy as well. There, mm. you, there was a degree of danger and anxiety around Amy and what's happened to her as well. well, well this is this, this is really the first time that she has been placed directly in danger. With, what with the angel in her mind mm. and the mm. countdown, the threat was real well. and purposeful to her and nothing the doctor could do anything about no. nothing he even tried to do anything about yeah. really mm. yeah. he just let it Run just stay course. in there yeah, yeah. Mm. well he couldn't do anything about it at that time well, it was just, all he could say to her was just tell her to keep her eyes yeah, closed just, he, oh. th- it was just a holding accident it mm. didn't yeah. solve the problem it just kept, yeah, it, just it, kept it at bay yeah. don't you love the way he made her go all the way back through that ship with her eyes shut because he didn't <laughs> tell her she could open <laughs> <laughs> climbing as well yeah. it was a, a sheer cliff at that point I imagine mm. <laughs> a bit convenient that the gravity went off at just that <laughs> oh, well. Well, I'm I think, sure we could turn it back on again I think it did have effect of what is it the, the gunshot rule because it was mentioned right at the beginning of the top of that episode oh it was it was so you know it was a case of this is the gun we're going to fire it in act three yeah but it is right at the correct moment for yeah. Mm. yeah but you can forgive that what about the, the end? We did mention it briefly in the news. <laughs> I can understand it's you. It. It's all about you. Yeah, I, I can I can understand it, but I'm not necessarily sure that it was. Ooh, just... Why am I suddenly singing? It's all about you. <laughs> You're a strange old woman. <laughs> Single most important thing in the history of the universe is I get you sorted out, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, she wants us to sort the doctor out. You <laughs> <laughs> relieve stress. No, yeah, stress no, it, it's a very human thing to do. <laughs> As I say, it I, wasn't I just, as in Rose, a long romance. It was just a quickie. No, I thought he was wonderful, just so wonderfully inept. <laughs> he did, well, I, I didn't love, get it, did he? I love no. the way she was lying on the bed, sort of like... It was seductive, but it was also, like, very much a kid or the first time someone's trying to be seductive <laughs> yeah. at the same time. It wasn't sexy seductive. No. Well, the it was didn't quite, help. You know, no, no, no. That, that jumper again, yeah. Mm. <laughs> sort of Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that was it, yes. When she dropped the... Uh, Link. Oh yeah, and she's oh, patting oh, around. Yeah. On the oh yes, it was very in a big filmer. orange jumper. Mm, yes, <laughs> we're just standing there going, my glasses, glasses my, my glasses. glasses. I can't see without my glasses. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> so I think ten out of ten for that one. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, nine, nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Nine. I'd go for an eight, nine out of ten. Mm, yeah. yep. Not quite as good as eleventh hour for me. Very different. Oh, mm. d- very different. Very different. But still very enjoyable. Very good. Yeah, Moffat <laughs> still very good. <laughs> Right, what's next? Ashes. Two. Ashes. I didn't watch it. (sighs) My name is Alex Drake. I was shot and found myself in 1983. Is it real or in my mind? Either way, I have to solve the mystery of what all this means and fight to get home. Because time is running out. Right, this Ashes to Ashes. Yes. 
The Manchester, the man, yeah, the Manchester DCI, DCI team. Yes. They look like the one one eight blokes. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> Coming down to trying to nab Bernard Manning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, effectively. No, no I think, yeah, Roy well, Hudson. Yeah, but, yeah, I, he, but he the was... character he seemed to be playing was mm. Bernard Manning. Was, yeah. Well, yeah. typical sort of sexist comedian. Yeah. yeah. So Who shot? didn't spot that one of them was a bent copper within about thirty seconds mm, of yeah. walking <laughs> into the book? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, again, individual episode plot lines don't have a lot of depth to them. No. It seemed it's... to concentrate around Chris again quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. And so, so what got me is, um, I can't remember where it was, but they were <laughs> chasing someone and he noticed the stars in the street. Oh, good grief, yes. yeah. You had a whole galaxy of stars for I a think, Ray. Yeah, that's Ray, Ray that was, yeah. Yeah, for a few yep. seconds. So what do the stars mean? Yeah. It's space fracturing as their spaceship goes, no, it's not the, <laughs> it's not the American plot line. <laughs> Um, quite enjoyed this one. Hmm, a good one. It's good to see the old uh, Litton yeah. chap again. We saw yeah. him back in Life on Mars. Yes, he was the one who got the proverbial beat out of him in the yeah. squad room. The, the opening oh, credits right, have yeah. Gene Hunt and Sam Tyler punching yes. a guy, and mm. yes. that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he it, hasn't really changed a lot, you know, no, in his no. attitudes and... No, no, Is yeah. it Chris the younger one of the two? Chris is the younger one. Yeah. The breakdancing. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> body popping. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, that, that opening That was scene. rather cringe-inducing, yeah. I did like the opening, though. The the bit where um, she's in the car and she has the flashbacks to Sam and it's about the jacket. Yeah. Yes. Mm, very yes. good opening. That was very good. Yeah. yeah. To which point, later in the same episode, you've got Gene Hunt burning. The jacket, the jacket. Mm. and the and, file. Yeah, and various files. Yeah, it's the first time we've actually seen uh, Sam Tyler in the flashback lights, I think. Yeah, mm. it's the first time we've seen Sam. We've seen photographs of Sam. But this is actually Sam in action. Yeah, first, this quite a bit of, you know, yeah. a good 20, 30 seconds of Sam Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it action from Life on Mars? Or yeah, was it new it, action? Yeah. No, it's Life on Mars oh. clips. So, yeah. But that really ties it in with they're, the old they're, series. So they're, they're trying to remind people of the old series as much as possible mm. without showing it again. Yeah. Mm. I haven't read. Purpose, up, yeah. I haven't read up anything on it. I don't know no. any spoilers, but I would not be surprised if no. John Sims doesn't actually appear in the last episode. Oh, as Sam. I'm sure I he hope will, he yeah. does. Yeah. I don't know. I'd hope. It, he needs to just to round everything off I've heard somebody complain if he does it might ruin it for Alex don't think I so. don't, think, don't so. think so I think it would make a good if you end him both capping both series yeah. yeah Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars we didn't have the dark and round one no. of the characters no, we haven't and Life on Mars no, music no, in this particular no. episode There's nobody left to do it to apart from Chris and Chris is clearly stuck between yeah Rock well, and Hard Place or yeah Chris was doing more of stuff for Keats who Again. was handing out the forms and, yeah. mm. you know so he, it was looking more to him for guidance than, yeah. Um, yeah, than Gene Hunt so. yeah it seems Chris may be sliding into being a lost soul mm. he's stuck between the two of them yes, isn't he? yes. Yeah. I m- might be jumping ahead here but something that I noticed that got me and was distinctly interesting is when the bent copper got shot and was brought down mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Gene Hunt leaned over and mm. said something yes. and he started screaming yeah, you didn't hear what Gene said but the reaction of the bent yeah. Copper was severe to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was sheer terror, basically, yes. wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> Gene Hunt claimed he told him the truth. Yeah, mm. which, which was, was mm. which, according to when Co- he <laughs> tried to fob off Alex. Yeah. 
He said that City are going to Kane United next season. Yeah. <laughs> which I presume is Manchester City. Yeah, because he is yeah. a devout Manchester City I, fan. Does no. anybody know what happened in the 83-84 season? Whether that's sure or not, I somehow suspect that's not going to put a dying man into a raging <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just wondering if it's true that City did Kane United that season. No, I don't know. I don't no. Know. Shouldn't think so. <laughs> Be, you know, interesting. But that's another, that's another little hint into that. Uh, is he who he seems yeah. to be? Is it, you know, you're going to hell, pal? Well, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what does what someone say? say to someone like that? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. To get that reaction. Yeah, it can't be, you know, you're going to rot in prison or what have you. Yeah, the guy knows that. He's a copper. He knows that if he lives and goes to prison, his life is not going to be nice. Yeah. What do you say to someone in that position that gives them that reaction? <laughs> my, my current guess is that he told him that he's stuck in purgatory and he's looking like he's going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Is my guess, but I don't know. Yeah. I, that's my theory at the moment. They're all sucking purgatory. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, an interesting reaction. I mean, they're still dropping in tantalising little hints. I mean, it won't be until the very last episode when everything will be revealed in a dazzling cosmic <laughs> finale. I mean, well, we hope. Yeah. But well, it only yeah. does, I don't know, it actually proves it, but it does suggest that Gene Hunt knows the yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gene Hunt certainly knows more. So oh, then he's letting on, on. He is a level above everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He isn't the same as yeah. Shaz, Chris, Ray, Alex. Sam. I think Gene has always been aware, if not knowing, that Sam and Drake are visitors. Yeah. Yeah. Outside you know, his he, he's very much aware of, of what's going on. Um, I, I do get the feeling he's not as daft as he seems yeah. at times. He, he, yeah, he often, whenever, particularly Sam, but also Alex, said crazy stuff about the future, he just kind of ignores it. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't call him on it too he doesn't. He doesn't break character. I, yeah. He hasn't mentioned yeah. anything outside the realm, but oh, he also right. ignores obvious things from yeah. outside the oh, yeah. And there's also a lot more play between him and oh, the bad guy, the devil. Keats. Keats. There's a lot more language play. They're starting to, to sort of like say things that can be interpreted one of two yeah. ways. Mm. There's, there's a lot more kind of like, you know... Cut and thrust. Cut and thrust, <laughs> but playing with language between them. Yeah. Mm. Double meanings. Yeah. I mean, Keats, I mean, he is definitely trying to drive a wedge between um, yeah, sort of Gene Hunt and his team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we still have yet to find out for what motive. Yeah. yeah. But he's systematically gone through and picked them all off well, one at a time. Mm. So yeah, but so far they seem relatively immune to his charms or whatever it is he's using except for Chris mm, well yeah. yeah but so he's still pretty much sitting on the fence yeah mm. also they're very tight with Gene Hunt after all this time mm. but yeah, he's still getting to them bits of the time yeah the distrust between all of them is getting greater and greater mm-hmm. particularly but between Alex and even Hunt. when he does turn them away it's more that Alex brings them back to Gene rather than Gene brings them back yeah even with Ray when he eventually says to him you know you did well it was Alex talking to Ray that made him stay to hear Gene say mm. you did really, really well. Which is interesting because it's so often portrayed that uh, Alex is stuck between two of them like Chris. Yeah. Mm. At the end of this episode, the final shot, the final scene is Alex having to choose between staying with, with uh, Gene Hunt or going off with Keats. And she goes off with she Keats. She goes off with Keats. Mm. Yeah. It didn't take the, um, the plot line amazingly forward, but there were little bits in it. it 
it's mostly they don't want to get too ahead of themselves, so you get tantalising hints. Mm. There's nothing major that's been revealed. It's just again we're on a slow burn. Mm. Lots of mentions mentions of uh, Sam Tyler again. Yeah. Besides mm. oh, yes. Lytton, or was it Bevan, the uh, psychic? One of yeah. them saying to Alex that he'd spill the beans and tell her the truth of what happened to Sam Tyler. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If she helps him out, which she doesn't, so she doesn't find. So, yeah. yeah. But no, it was, it was also within that it was still quite um, an enjoyable episode. Yeah. Because even though they're, they're not rocket science and you you fi- fairly quickly figure out who the bad guys yeah. are oh, and what's yeah. going on they are still well written stories as yeah. well in their own light they're enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that's that was the problem with the first series of Ashes to Ashes that the stories themselves weren't particularly enjoyable mm, so you could couldn't be. get wrapped up in the individual episodes whereas the, these two seasons mm. have caught you yeah mm. good stories but with that backbone of stuff that's going on uh, Ray when he sees the stars he says uh, like the edge of the world like we're bloody astronauts mm. <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is obviously a reference to mm. the end of the US it's life on Mars yeah but we hope not. <laughs> is, is it a double bluff? I'm is it sure going to end the same not. way? I hope not. Well, how did the US... Um... They're all aboard a spaceship, this is a virtual reality, and they're on a gene hunt. To Mars. Because uh, they're looking for life. On Mars. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Being Americans, they take it a bit literally. Oh, right. <laughs> and uh, guess who the commander is? Gene, gene Hunt is the commander. What mm. his, his name is? He's mm. Major... Tom. 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 Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, it was really kind of like, uh... <laughs> Corn. Okay, so before we finish up, I want to mention what Ray was singing in the police. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought that was a good bit. That, Danny boy. That actually um, Shazza come mm. up and helped him sing it. That's but it. Oh, some of the Danny lines boy. of it. The pipes, on, the pipes The lines? I'm not familiar with my Danny boy, so... <laughs> from glen to glen and from the mountain side. It's more the second verse. It's <laughs> the second verse. We will now hear Auntie Jean with, and her rendition of Danny boy. Wobbling her vocal cords. Yes. yes. But when ye come and all the flowers are dying If I am dead as dead I will maybe. <laughs> There's definitely a lot going on Those here. are the two lines yes. which are really highlighted in the uh, mm. when it comes back to him. That's, those are the lines right. he's singing. Mm. So, yeah, are they dead? Yes. Mm. Good question. Who knows? Well, that's it. I mean, if, are they in their own little, little private heaven or hell? Oh, a bit of both. I think they're in the waiting room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having to the two, yeah, yeah, somehow. Please take your ticket and wait to <laughs> <Yeah>. be called. <laughs> I have to choose a side whether they know it or not. Which my guess, but we we'll see. I don't <laughs> want this to finish. <laughs> it's one of the better things on TV of late for a long time. Right, once again, you have all been writing to us. You lovely people. And now we have to read them out. <laughs> Not that we're ungrateful. No. No. And the audio feedback greatly appreciated. It's <laughs> <laughs> easier on the mouth. <laughs> and the eyes. Okay. OK, we've heard from Benjamin. Hello, Hello Benjamin. Benjamin! He says, Greetings, Staggering Stories team and the head of the Navy, Lark. I know this feedback will probably get carved up between two episodes. That's why it's broken down into paragraphs. It appears that someone at BBC America listens to your podcast. 
A year ago, I suggested in podcast feedback that if they wanted to do an English Star Trek, it would make the most sense to remake Star Trek The Next Generation. My joke about how the British would shrink the cast by having two people doing most of the roles went over like a dead fish in a vegetarian restaurant, <laughs> but the original point stood. Yes. Well, on the day you record podcast 71 and 72, BBC America has opted to begin airing Star Trek The Next Generation, weeknights in eh? prime time, moving the start times of most weekday programming. They are even starting with season three of the the next generation Ooh. working off the fan cliche that the first two seasons of the show did not work mm. the obvious complaints about this programming decision are all over the internet i just wanted to apologize for just suggesting that trek could be english and warn you that the suits must be listening to your podcast <laughs> By the way, since network suits are listening, I think the suits should remember that NCIS star David McCallum has several older TV shows that would interest NCIS fans. The man from Uncle being similar to James Bond would seem an obvious BBC America purchase since they bought Star Trek The Next Generation. And there's Sapphire and Steel. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, Victory the Daleks. Pretty good. Not the Unquiet Dead, but on the plus side, <laughs> miles better than mm -hmm. The Idiot's Lantern. The episode did mm. seem to be a victim of story arc and short running time. Yeah. If the 11th hour had been this short, yes, I know about BBC America's hatchet job on some of the repeats <laughs> of the 11th hour, Ooh. it would have had a hard yeah. time as well. The only characters yeah. given enough time to breathe in the episode were two different gangs of Daleks. <laughs> the Russell T Davies era, era Daleks and the new batch that are almost dead ringers to the gang from the Peter Cushing movies. Mm. Not mm. dead ringers in the satirical comedy group, <laughs> but dead ringers as in nearly dead identical ringers. So it's a, it is amazing hearing people act like we've never seen this sort of Dalek before. Perhaps victory should have been 45 to 50 minutes long instead of less than 42 minutes, including the next time trailer. Mm. I think Mark Gattis gets almost all he can out of the time he had with the story, with the dynamic duo of Matt Smith and Karen Gillan acting their socks off, papering <laughs> over the logic gaps in the audience's mind. Even with the problems, I admired the story trick of convincing the machine to save the human race by not dying. We often see machines save us by self-sacrifice, remember the Terminator and Chameleon. Try to remember another machine that saved us by going on a date with its long-lost love. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about Victory of the Daleks is for people who remember Invaders from Mars, a Mark Gattis story for Big Finish. Yeah. Awesome Wells, actual yeah. aliens showing up during the War of the Worlds radio broadcast, and the minor historical continuity errors except that they were not continuity errors. Dates and other things were wrong because time had been damaged. It was a building block in Charlie Pollard's story. Now, with Victory of the Daleks, Amy Pond's memory is wrong. <laughs> the British military managed to send planes outside the atmosphere in the 1940s, and we are supposed to believe that a gang of Daleks who look that different from the old batch have never met any of the old doctors besides Peter Cushing. The story is leading somewhere. Once we know where it's going, victory is going to rise in many, many people's opinions, though we still wish it was a tad longer so it would have made more sense as a standalone episode. Mm, the Time of Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Since time was damaged, I was really hoping Dr River Song was going to die in this episode. <laughs> oh. Since River should survive this story in order for her to make it to the silence in the library, River's death would have had a greater impact on the Doctor. It would point out just how serious the crack in time is and how important it is to repair the crack. Alas, River survived, increasing the <laughs> chance that the crack storyline will run on all series, instead of my hope of a mid-season resolution leading to the next story arc. I only wanted River to die for the sake of the plot. She was a great character in this story and Alex Kingston's acting is great. 
how could her agent stick her on a soul-sucking show ER for so many years? Mm-hmm. Karen right. Gillan as Amy Pond was very credible as a bright companion with just a bit of inexperience. <laughs> Matt Smith's doctor was mistaken earlier. He is still cooking, and it seems like circumstances are getting ready to pop him into his full version. <laughs> Indeed, at the end of the episode, it seemed clear the stay tuned for Over the Rainbow on BBC One... Get- what? <laughs> Oh dear, it seems like it seems that a Graham Norton trailer got inserted into my feedback. All right. Sorry, you're in England. <laughs> if you're in Scotland or Northern Ireland, your regional BBC email provider wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I know, haven't sent any Mr. Dalek stories in since the March flood, <laughs> leaving you just one more for May. Yep. April has been a complicated, crazy month that I would love to forget completely when it is done. I can rewatch the Doctor Who episodes and remember them again. Don't need the current memories if they come with the rest of April. It is a month of fatigue, which is why I'm not finishing this email. Bye for now, Benjamin Elliott, occasional Dalek writer, this week in Doctor Who editor, now minus podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think there's more. <laughs> there is more. <laughs> Hello, guys. Forgot one detail. BBC America is finally airing Series 2 of Ashes to Ashes, originally scheduled on BBC America for May and June 2009. The new to USA episodes air Tuesday at 10pm, 1am and 3am Eastern Time, starting May the 11th. Very nice, aren't they? BBC America has not said if they will air Series 3 after Series 2. To be fair, why take the risk? (laughs) BBC America has promised to air Series 2 immediately after Series 1 last year. Why risk breaking another promise by (laughs) making... making people think they will get the final eight episodes. Viewers should be aware that these Ashes to Ashes episodes will be 46 minutes long, plus commercials to pad out the hour. If BBC America puts Ashes to Ashes on their on-demand service, these episodes should be longer. Those episodes will either be the full 60-minute versions or the oddball 52-minute versions that BBC likes to sell to international broadcasters. Even Torchwood Children of Earth was available with the episodes edited down to 62 minutes each. Cheers, Benjamin. <laughs> why do they do that? Why do they edit them down Ooh, over there? I know it's to get the commercials in, but yeah. why not put it as an hour-and-a-half programme yeah. and push it, up. push it up with the yeah. commercials in there? Hmm? takes up more airtime and they're paying the same amount for it and they're getting com- commercial time. I suppose it. they can charge them premium for adverts and different programmes? I don't know. Right, we have one here from Chris. Hello, Chris! He says, Hello, you staggering story sweeties and Mr Grumpy Face. (laughs) (laughs) Again, an apologies for having written so much this time. Perhaps it would be best if you each took turns in reading bits of this review. (laughs) Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone. I like the way this one starts by almost wrong-footing you by doing something completely unexpected with the soldier's hallucination. We're then reintroduced to Rev Song, sporting a very nifty little all-purpose gun and cutting device. Hmm. The 12,000 years later also thought me a bit, especially in a pre-title sequence. Speaking of which, I can't think of a pre-title sequence better than this one. It just built up so well, especially with the way it plays with time. It's something that Stephen Moffat often likes to do. I'll just mention a couple of my favourite bits from the next two scenes before going on. Firstly, in the beginning of TARDIS, where the Doctor does his impression of the TARDIS's wheezing groaning sound. (laughs) And the next scene, apart from the great image of the crashed Byzantium, the way Amy said the line, Ooh, Doctor, you sonicked her. (laughs) It just made me smile. (laughs) Now, as for River, again, it's a concept which hasn't been done before, with her meeting the Doctors out of order. Also, this mystery as to just how important she is to the Doctor adds another layer to the character. It also allows her to be quite cheeky and familiar around the Doctor, which Alex Kingston portrays very well, in my opinion. Mm. Speaking of River Song's mystery, I'm thankful that the whole fanfare of River being the Doctor's wife is addressed in this story. 
Personally, I don't subscribe to this and feel it's much, much more complex than that. As for the other big element in the story, the weeping angels. Holy beep! (laughs) They're scary. (laughs) The scene where Amy is confronted by the angel coming through the television was terrifying. It again draws on simple things like not being able to turn off the television. Very clever. I must also commend Adam Smith for his direction of the scene especially, but also the story as a whole. We need him back next year. Now, from the first moment when Amy started scratching her eye, you could tell something was very, very wrong. When we get down into the caves, there's that terrifying moment where the dust comes through her fingers. I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't twig about the statues only having one head, when all the talk of the Aplans having two. The conversation between the Doctor and Bob had elements from silence in the library. Yes, but the description of how the soldiers were killed made this one more horrific and harder to listen to. The final bit with the Doctor pointing the gun upwards was very well played by Matt Smith, and I enjoyed his speech as well. Part 2 starts, and I was quite amazed that the Doctor and co. had managed to jump onto the upside-down nose of the ship. With the reveal of this being a full 180-degree swing of the camera and zoom out, another great little touch from Adam Smith. Brilliant. The beginning of the second half also hit the ground running, quite literally, with the chase through the corridors. Amy's counting down from ten was very nerve-wracking, and I'm sure would have made many children worried. The forest on the spaceship, another great concept on an already long list of great concepts. I'm going to say this, I full-on gasped when the crack was revealed up on the wall. More on this in a moment. I've never done this before, but I'm going to say what a great location they found for the forest. Mm. Exactly right for the tone and the feeling of the story. Forest Dean again. (laughs) Others have said this, so here's my chance. It's quite incredible that this was what Matt Smith and Karen Gillan filmed first. They are the Mm. fully informed characters, characters in this, especially Matt's Doctor. An example of this is the scene where he figures out how to deal with the angel inside Amy's head. My favourite part being where he throws the communicator away out of pure anger. (laughs) Can I also mention the little scene between him him and Amy, where he asks her to remember what he said to her as a child. I like that he is making her realise for herself so her belief in the Doctor can come from inside herself instead of him having to keep telling her repeatedly. This crack then, after having it constantly in the background through the season so far, we get some more interesting properties revealed. An echo of the destruction of the universe is one thing, but for me it's the, if anyone goes near it, they get wiped out from ever having existed bit, which made me feel that this is a force to be reckoned with. Hmm. I think it's probable that we will see more cracks throughout the season, but I'm pleased it will have more meaning behind it when we do see it again. The little scene between the Doctor and Father Octavian was very moving. I really like the Doctor's regret in those final moments. I'd like to take this moment to say how brilliant the music from Murray Gold is. Mm. Subtle and haunting when it needs to be, it's pitched at just the right level. The sequence with Amy walking, virtually blinded, through the angels were very tense. I don't think the moment when a companion trips over has ever been this scary before, (laughs) and as for when the angels actually started moving, I believe the term is ruled back in shock. (laughs) Thank goodness River got that teleport working again. The Doctor's solution to turn off the gravity was so brilliantly simple, but again, I didn't see it coming. Sometime later. So, after having one fan theory torn down last week, we have a new one set up for River Song, killing the best man she's ever known. My thoughts on this new development? Think back to what I said about last week. I could tell you, but that's not the point. You have to do it yourself. See what I did there? <laughs> Lastly, I just have to talk about the last scene in Amy's bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the... <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> I'm loving the fact that the Doctor is one- once again unable to detect when Amy's coming up onto him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your smutty little mind again. <laughs> no, no, no. 
I'm loving the fact that the, the Doctor is once again unable to detect when Amy's coming onto him and all the pulling off... Of <laughs> <laughs> pulling off Pretty and much. on. Off and on. Oh, oh. And all... <laughs> and <laughs> it's been a long evening. <laughs> and all the pulling off and on of the braces was laugh out loud funny. Have I missed anything? Oh, yes. Stephen Moffat, you've done very, very, very well. Cheers, Chris. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thank you, Chris. I should quickly point out my theory as to why the the uh, Amy's crack behaves differently. Sure. If you go near the crack when it's the end of the universe yeah. on the other side, then you yeah. get wiped out of time. Yeah. But if there's another world on the other side, you can just you pass, pass through, through. it, yeah. like Depends, Prison Zero did. And Depends what it's connected to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like a wormhole, whether mm, we go yeah. to a dead end or not. Okay, uh, we got one here from our good friend and very rare writer. Oh, Reese! Uh, hello, Reese. Hello, Reese. Dear team, team. Hope you're all better now. I have a few ideas about the series. One, I have noticed that there have been red phone boxes in most episodes so far. One got destroyed in the eleventh hour, and one of the winders called their leader in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two. I've noticed that there's been a mix of old and new, like on the Starship UK, they had the Starship itself, and even Amy Pond pointed out there were bikes on board, and mixes of Amy's town, and stretching it a little bit here, the Daleks on Earth with Churchill. And in Time of the Angels, the spaceship crash lands on a city that looks like it's Roman or Greek architecture. Oh, and in the coming soon trailer, there are Roman soldiers, and everyone in the confidential... And a lot of fans says Doctor Number 11 is like an old man in a young man's body, Mm. if you like that. And then there's the cracks as well. Mm. I've seen Time of Angels online, and it's as the team of the Doctor Who podcast say, it doesn't make sense that only the Doctor leaves the brakes on. And I had the squee moment when Amy winked at the angel because I've been saying, why don't they just wink? And she did. And more importantly, it worked. Also, one of my favourite Aussie TV shows called Sea Patrol is going to have its own Wesley Crusher. Sadly, I'm not happy about that. (laughs) Because mum and dad aren't going to get me the DVD box set, I'm going to save up and get series one to five and the specials. They do cost quite a lot, but hopefully by the time it comes out, I'll be able to afford it. That's all for now. Reese. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. He lied. (laughs) <laughs> P.S. Karen Gillum is also insert a fake Keith style lovely <laughs> like when she's talking about Peter Davison with lovely. his round open lovely. bland face I'm not saying that about her I'm sorry <laughs> no, no, just say lovely no you said it oh okay <laughs> yeah what was that with the breaks my yeah. theory is that uh, they, you know, all the other times have the brakes on when they come into land because yeah. you need them on yeah. for safety. Yeah. But she was showing off and just left them off. Yeah. Just because she could. Because it's the Master's TARDIS has the groaning in there. Uh, yeah. I think the TARDIS is seen in War Games. Yeah. Had the groaning mm. in there. Oh, well. It's the noise of TARDISes. It's the, de- the noise of a dematerialisation yeah. circuit in rematerialisation mode. Okay, we have a letter here from David B. Hello, David David B. Hi, gang. Been a long time since I've written. Hello, Hedda Pertwee. (laughs) He says hello back. Thanks to iTunes, the family and I are able to enjoy the current season of Doctor Who without significant delay. (laughs) And only $35 for the entire season in HD. Ooh. 
BBC America is showing the episodes about a week after the UK release and iTunes gets them 24 hours after that. (laughs) But getting BBC America requires moving up to a much more expensive cable package which makes a one-time $35 purchase quite reasonable iTunes and Apple... This is not an advert for iTunes and Apple, <laughs> by the way. Uh, yeah, iTunes and Apple TV have been very cost-efficient way of the family enjoying our favourite shows for minimal cost, and I hope that the BBC makes sufficient money to put more shows up. Like all Apple products, Apple TV, it isn't perfect. But if you are already a member of the cult Apple, it works pretty well. If the guys from Apple are listening, we'll give you his email address so you can give him a free Apple card <laughs> for the advertising. Anyway, back to the plot... I want to address two points this time round. The first being how Americans feel about American studios reimagining <laughs> BBC productions. The second is to comment on the new Daleks. Oh. First, let me state unequivocally that fans of BBC productions in America tremble with fear <laughs> and rage every time the BBC talks about licensing one of their products over here. To be frank, those of us who have been watching Doctor Who on PBS since 1970s still suffer from PTSD whenever the Fox film is mentioned. <laughs> We don't hold McGann responsible, and many of us think his work on Big with Big Finish has been a true tradition in the true tradition of Doctor Who. Yes, but the shakes still come whenever it's brought up. So much mythos destroyed in show, so short a time. <laughs> oh, the humanity! My, there's a lot of people just ignore it. To be yeah. honest, my advice to our cousins across the pond is to send any BBC executive that talks about such treachery to the tower for re-education. <laughs> now on to the new Daleks. Ooh. My eyes, God, <laughs> my eyes. What the hell were they thinking? Yes. <laughs> I take it you didn't like them. (laughs) So many great ideas for making the Daleks bigger and nastier, and we get the rejects from the movies. (laughs) I understand reworking them from a marketing perspective. I've bought quite a number of Daleks over the years, and there is money to be made there, but this design isn't even close. I won't place the blame on any one person. Changes like this happen in committee and are made for many reasons. But let's hope that the BBC takes a hint and the design is heavily revised before the Daleks return. He, he. (laughs) Personally, I'd like to see a return to the Daleks of the comics. Give them personalities and colour code their hierarchy and make Davos disappear. Yeah. <laughs> make them big, scary, devious and independent and the fans will respond. Not big, non-scary and <laughs> silly. I'm really loving the commentaries. I haven't figured out a way of listening to them while watching the episodes yet. iTunes is a bit limited at times, but it is like sitting in a room full of friends. Keep them up. Best, David B. Thank you, David. Thank you, David B. A suggestion perhaps you could download them onto your MP3 player, press the MP3 player, and then turn the computer on. I think there's been a number of references to the Daleks being similar to as in the movies. Yeah, I think that's because of the skirt it's around the, skirt, the bottom skirt, and the colour coding. The I have to say, that is about the only similarities yeah. there is to the movie yeah. Daleks. The movie Daleks were not that tall and they weren't that stocky. Yeah, yeah. we have one here from Ralph. Hello, oh. Ralph. He says, Dear Scooby Gang. Huh? Yeah. It's been a while since I've written. Sorry. Okay, enough grovelling for forgiveness. <laughs> like enough to me. Let's get right to the heart of the matter. The new Doctor Who series. Right. 
season, I'm sure. Because I'm a new listener, joining your podcast family somewhere after the last Doc 2 series ended, I was pleasantly surprised that you have jumped into a weekly production schedule. I'm assuming it will last until the new Doc 2 season ends. We are under the control of El Presidente. We shall see. <laughs> um, I want to jump in with a few of my thoughts on the new episodes. However, by now you should be up to reviewing Flesh and Stone, maybe even The Vampires of Venice. He's got King He's right. King. So I'll only say a few sentences about the previous episodes. The Eleventh Hour. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode because of its mix of humour and sadness. I suppose I didn't hear anyone else say this, so maybe it's just me. But this episode reminded me a lot of The Girl in the Fireplace. So that's one of my favourites. Mm. Additionally, the ending, the confrontation with the aliens on the roof, also reminded me of The Christmas Invasion, mm. where David Tennant has a sword fight confrontation at the end and allows him to go to the first time only to punish him and says, that's the kind of doctor I am. It's a scene that cements him as a new doctor and the roof showdown was the same thing. A confrontation that cements him as a new doctor. I give this an 8 out of 10. Would have been higher if the villain hadn't been so annoying. <laughs> the Beast Below. Not as good as the previous episode, but still another good one. The little fortune teller creatures are fairly well done and very creepy. The previous episode was to establish a new doctor, and this episode was to establish Karen Gillan as new companion. There were, of course, a few issues, but you guys covered them all. So overall, this deserves a 7 out of 10. Victory of the Daleks. <laughs> you guys pretty well panned this last week, so I'm not add a lot to your pandering. I think we can mostly agree it's not the best episode of the season. However, it did have its moments. Yeah. I mean, come on, holding off destruction of mankind with a cookie. <laughs> That's yep. just classic Doc 2 style, and just for that alone, it's a five, and a Churchill ceiling of the keys bumps it up to a six out of ten. It wasn't a cookie, it was a jammy dodger. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a biscuit. Biscuit, I think you'll find. Um, <laughs> the Time of Angels. By far my favourite episode. Yes. I actually felt scared. Yes. Who would have thought that of a bunch of plaster statues using <laughs> stop-motion-ish style movements could be so effective? I don't know if these creatures are classic Doctor creatures, but they should be added alongside Sidemen, Daleks and the Master as some of the best adversaries. Now my vote for the inclusion in the Doctor Hall of Fame in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. Love the return of Doctor River Song. and love the idea of eventually having two Doctors and TARDIS someday. I can just imagine a scene similar to the cockpit scene of Airplane. Oh, yeah. Over, under. Mm. Oh, I think in Gladiators, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there were any planes in Gladiators. No, no, no. no. Have you ever seen any Gladiator films, Tommy? Mm. (laughs) They've also added a nice side story with her that they reveal next episode. It's also interesting. However, because I don't know where you will be when you read this, I'll leave that for later. The only problem I might have with this episode would be the beginning of when Dr. Song transfers from one ship to the next. Can only assume that either the ship or the TARDIS had an extended shield that kept her blood from instantly boiling away. She did mention if you could have an air corridor, that would be nice. She did, and mm. I don't think the blood would really boil anyway. But anyway, uh, once again, Amy proves she is not only damn sexy, but intelligent <laughs> as well. First, she figures out the puzzle in the beast below, and then figures out how to turn off the video. really like this new companion. She's smart. Sexy. <laughs> and, as we see at the end of the Flesh and Stone, she knows what she wants and goes for it. <laughs> the Time of Angels gets 9 out of 10. It would have gotten a 10, except I still have problems with that transfer. Maybe after I hear you guys talk about it, I will be convinced it was a good opening. Mm, yes. Yes. It was, it was. That's it for now. I have one question for you, though, and one I was meaning to ask before. As you can see, I usually open with a Dear Scooby Gang, because you guys remind me of them. Uh oh. <laughs> yes, that's a good thing. The question is related. Using the Scooby cartoon as a reference, which one of the characters would best describe you? Mm. I was going to say at the head was Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> Leave you guys the rest. But with the addition of Gene, you now have five, so Scooby's on the table. 
Who is who? <laughs> Ralph Gibbs, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. Thank, you, Thank you, Ralph. Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> I'd say I'm shaggy. <laughs> I think he's shaggy. He just oh, looks oh like he's him. shaggy. Yeah. You. <laughs> Keith is shaggy. You're Freddy. Freddy? Yeah, yeah. You're intelligent, suave. But that leaves two girls and a dog. No, 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 no. Scrappy. No, no, no. He's old man Pickles, the villain. He's the villain of the piece. Now, which one of us is Thelma? I think I'm Thelma. Velma. 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 So that makes me... Freddy. Daphne. Daphne. Or you can be the mystery machine. <laughs> I'll be the mystery machine. So that I'll be the Scooby Daphne. Snack. <laughs> I'm Daphne, so I'm danger-prone Daphne. <laughs> there you go, then. That answered that question. Help, help. <laughs> hey, help. That's it. All right, we've heard wrong, from Reese again. Hello, Reese. Hello, Says, dear team, how are you? I'm fine, by the way. We're still fine, thank you, Reese. Yes. Yes. Anywho, Jean, 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 Jean. <laughs> Don't take any offence from this but are you a Doctor Who fan <laughs> I want to know Ooh. now I remember when you saw the trailer for series 2 season 5 El Presidente has found a really easy way to refer to the series so thank you for that Anytime. but you were angry with the 11th Doctor for one hitting the Dalek with a bloody big wrench mm-hmm. two hitting the Professor and mm-hmm. three firing a gun mm-hmm. and fake Keith did point out that he'd be shooting a light or something and she was right <laughs> but I've so... seen Attack of the Cybermen but only three episodes and the and the Colin Baker may mash, ketchup and mashed potato be upon him oh. was much more violent than him yes and yep. the 11th Doctor was shocked at himself for hitting the Professor and he was <laughs> trying to make the Dalek to be normal well as normal as a Dalek can get <laughs> his acting there was good enough to make the scene wonderful for me Okay, if oh, you if you listen to the last podcast, you would have heard me say that Maximus Doctor is one above Colin Baker's Doctor, who I could just about watch at the time <laughs> and can't watch subsequently. Anyway, anyway. And, and and then there's the on, whole yeah. thing about and and there's the bit about and and Enough. and and and, 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 and Have you washed your hands, Keith? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. His acting there was good enough to make the scenes wonderful for me. <laughs> Listen now, to the previous podcast. Your question now, will be answered. Now to the episode itself. It was perfect to me, 10 out of 10, or it would be if it weren't for the new Daleks. I feel really sorry for Mark Gatiss because, as you say, the BBC made them change the Daleks. Really is sad to me that the episode was ruined by them. So the new Daleks make it a 5 out of 10, but the acting from all makes it an 8 out of 10. Ooh. Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone. Karen Gillan is amazing in so many ways. Her acting was brilliant in these episodes. I felt sad for her, terrified for her, happy for her. And those last few minutes, wow. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, she blew me away. (laughs) And she did it all pretty much with her eyes closed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's quite normal. (laughs) Anyone else feel bad about how long she's going to be in this series? After seeing these episodes online, I got the iTunes series pass, so... I'm not using that. <laughs> season pass. So, but I'll be able to have my own DVDs early. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the DWO Who cast think the Doctor was very mean to her. I agree for some points. Now, that old idiot over at the Flashing Blade is being very mean to Bob by calling him Atric. <laughs> yeah. So we should call him Sacred Bob from now on. Yeah. I have a theory about Bob. River Song. She is Prisoner Zero, who <laughs> killed her, stole her diary, and is trying to get revenge on the Doctor and finally kill Amy. Mm-hmm. This miserable bastard. <laughs> 
That's also, a yeah. also, Good, you come on to his hate list now. <laughs> also, River said she didn't want to go back to prison, and I think I saw something that looked like the Eye of the Atraxi. That was Ooh. the Watch logo for that uh, channel. The, the watch. watch logo, yes. Yep. Okay. It's a big eye. Right. Have a good time. <laughs> Get better some crumbly. I think you mean soon crumbly. Be nice to real Keith and Thank keep you. watching Doctor Who. From Reese, P.S. TV here has just got a lot better. On Saturdays we have the BBC Robin Hood. Oh, you poor things. That we all watch. <laughs> and the Bill that Dad watches. On Sundays the there's Bill, Merlin, right. Doctor Who and then Bones all in one go. Oh, you mm. lucky things. Now, Reese has lied because he's added another bit. <laughs> Dear team, Reese here. I recently downloaded the latest version of iTunes and it plays videos in HD. So I watched all the Firefly and Serenity I oh, bought on there man. when good we man. had a deal going. It's such a good show. Yep. And the movie, well, over to you. But with a good thing comes a bad one. Yes. It was cancelled, mm. sad face. Mm. Another few notes. I wish man. DVDs didn't cost so much because there are some brilliant shows out there and they you don't show them here. Star Stargate Universe, for example, they showed the first three episodes and then they stopped oh. and replaced it with Glee. <laughs> yeah. Just typing that name kills a part of me. And The Good Wife. Then I got told off by my mum because I used up all the internet when I tried to watch them online. <laughs> you use up the internet. <laughs> One more idea for Series 5. Rory is Amy's dad! Ooh, that came be... to me last night. That'd be a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all for now, Reese. Uh, thank, thank you, you Reese. Thank you, Reese. That was a bit disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the latter one causes so many problems in so many ways, and the good wife is one of these lawyer oh, okay. kind of detective things. Not the good life. No, not no. the good life. There's no chickens and yeah. stuff. Coming home to roost. And so, dear listeners, that brings us once again to the end of this podcast. Aww. But never fear, there'll be more of the same in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> more fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So, until that fateful time, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Bye. Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 73. Featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fate Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker, and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now Presidente Production for www.staggeringstories.net. Yes, I've read yes. Reese Parton's email. Oh, have you? Mm? I haven't uh, got any feedback. Ah, I'm doing something different this time. Oh, we're ignoring it in the hope it will go Reece away. I think Reese Parton. Reese Parton wants me to leave the podcast, basically. Did reading you say, between Gene, the lines. do you even like Doctor Who? Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think he likes me very much. Who no. <laughs> no, likes you though? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have an idea. Oh, God. Oh, heck. A cunt Shut man. <laughs> Last time you had an idea, I ended up reading out obscene stuff over the airways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Energetically <laughs> swimming towards the egg of information. <laughs> yes. yes, folks, it's going to be one of <laughs> those <laughs> podcasts. Okay. I want to read the first one because uh, it's so on. ridiculous. Okay, go on then. Once again, the white... White? I better take that off the clipboard so I can read it without making an idiot of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the right-wing reactionary newspaper... Oh, Where are you yeah. going?
stealing. Soul stealing. Not again. <laughs> right. Do we get the sound effects this time? <laughs> right. Standing at the bolt. Oh, yeah. Unzipping. Whopping it, it out. <laughs> Contemplating. Wee. Shake, shake. <laughs> tap, tap. Do you shake and tap? There you uh, go. You, you've got the timing roll. Yeah. Oh, did no, I? She's flushed. No, 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 no that, that's temporary weeing. Do so so do, you, do you shake and tap, or is it just shake or tap? And then do you dab the end with loo roll? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying not to Depends be heard, that's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> After three, a hearty round of we can hear you peeing. One, mm. two, three. We, we can hear you peeing. We can hear you peeing. And flush. I'll put him off. <laughs> tuck, tuck, tuck. <laughs> Zip. Make sure he's on the right, Make sure he's on the right Unzip. side. Retuck. Zip. In he started to, it. In answer to your question, <laughs> I wipe it on the monkey. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, but when I go in there, I give the monkey a cuddle. Uh, <laughs> not anymore. No. <laughs> Slightly moist and <laughs> sm- <laughs> smelling of wee. Buttons! <laughs> Thank you. The sound you are near hearing is people eating chocolate. <laughs> you put two of them together like that. So you've got a lick from her. They stick together and then yeah. you can dissolve them in your mouth. You can. Yeah, that's what I do. Like a, Especially a with white button. chocolate ones. White chocolate? Yeah. In Lidl, in, in all dyes, they do packets of white chocolate buttons. Oh, and they're yeah. really, really nice. I don't like white chocolate. I much. love white chocolate. White chocolate is the what you've got to buy is go to Tesco's and they do giant chocolate buttons oh. and they're about about that big. Oh, yeah. Did, did you like Jazzy's? I don't know what that is. It's chocolate buttons with hundreds and thousands of hundreds and thousands oh. on. Why would you spoil a chocolate button with hundreds of thousands? <laughs> well, they, they used to do Jazzy's. Mm. Jazzy's yeah. first of all were white. They pick and mix. Yeah, they mm. were white chocolate with hundreds of thousands on and then they did them with milk chocolate with hundreds and thousands on. They're on one side. Oh, and they're flat underneath, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. They're basically a chocolate button with hundreds and thousands on. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the history of a chocolate button. <laughs> Jazzy's. She looks stupid in that hat. Can we take that hat oh off? God. <laughs> just just take the hat off the woman. <laughs> yes, have you got a, yes, there's a scarf there. Mind the clock. She looks a bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> We're redressing the cardboard <laughs> cutout. Card now, she's got to, now she's wearing the... Full doctor's scarf. (laughs) (laughs) That actually goes with her jumper. It does, actually. That works. That really works. (laughs) If you touch her boobs again... (laughs) I needed to adjust it. (laughs) Yes, please. I I, I would like to point out that we've just wasted two minutes of ashes to ashes time. (laughs) Sorry. And sleep well. Good night. Don't have any nightmares. Boo! Hello, this is Trevor from the Doctor Who Podcast, speaking on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Hello all. Just want to let you all know about a fantastic event that the DWPA will be at in early July. Matthew Waterhouse, who played Adric with the 4th and 5th Doctor, will be doing a book signing at Waterstones Lakeside, Thurrock. That's Thurrock. 
for pronunciation fans, on Sunday the 4th of July from 12 noon to 2pm. I believe Tony from The Flashing Blade's going to be there, Adam from Staggering Stories, but unfortunately I won't be able to be there. Like the Radio Fiscaro bods, it's a bit of the tyranny of distance. But I'll be thinking of you guys. So please get along. He's going to be signing copies of his autobiography and some actual novels that he's written as well. So it should be a good day. So get along to Waterstones Lakeside at Thurrock on Sunday the 4th of July between 12 noon and 2pm. If you want to learn more about this event and others that the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance is involved with, visit their website, doctorwhopodcastalliance.org. It's the place to go for Doctor Who podcasts on the internet. Thank you.